Welcome to Better Family Travel with Amy and Kathleen, the podcast where we'll help you plan fun, enriching, and affordable experiences for you and your family that meet your goals. We'll ask ourselves hard questions, reveal our mistakes, and share a new perspective on what better family travel can look like for you. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or your journeys are just starting, you're a better family traveler just by tuning in. So excited to welcome our listeners back to Better Family Travel, especially tonight. I'm Kathleen Monroe with Amy DeCesare, and we have a little celebration today. Amy, what was our big news today? We are over 300 downloads. Very exciting. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for sharing with your friends. Thank you for providing ideas for topics. Thank you for the feedback on the Facebook page about the, you know, different ideas and the articles we're posting. And the more you respond, the more we can put up. And it's this has been so much fun and we're so excited to continue on. Um, we had our first two-parter podcast last time where we just talked and got really excited about a guest that we brought on who's a destination marathoner, Mary Powers. And we actually think that the different personalities that we've brought on have enriched our friendships and our lives. Amy's got someone coming over, one of our previous guests, to come borrow a cake, cake pan or cookie pan? It's a cake cookie. It's a Madeline cookies. It's the ones like you get at like Star Starbucks and stuff. They're like the spongy, they look like scallop shells, sort of. We're making friends and we're you know, introducing you guys to all of these different perspectives on parenting and travel and life hacks, really, when it comes to traveling from the morning to the evening, from day to day, from week to week and year to year. So Amy, who do we have to talk to tonight? Well, I am really excited to introduce our guest, Michelle Lemoy. Michelle and I have known each other for more years, really, than I can count. We we actually, Michelle, I don't know if you remember this, we met long before seventh grade. We became friends in seventh grade, but we went to a camp together. Yeah, right? Yes, I forget. I forget about that every so often, but we actually met in elementary school at that camp. And then we were in classes together from seventh grade through 12th grade. You know, my last name was Markham, Lemoya Markham. We <laughs> alphabetically would often sit near each other and we're just, you know, friends. And yeah, so I've known her forever. And then she and I both ended up in Connecticut mm-hmm. living not terribly far apart from each mm-hmm. other as well. So, and, you know, say what we will about Facebook. And there's an awful lot of things negative to say about Facebook, about what it does to our mindset and everything else. But I, I personally, personally like that it's brought into my orbit again, into my life, mm-hmm. or just it kept in touch with people that naturally we wouldn't have kept in as close of touch just because life pulls us apart. And I've really enjoyed that with people from high school, people from, you know, camps, even, you know, my cousins who live in Oregon and Florida and all of the different people. So, you know, I, I want to introduce you and I, I going on, but, you know, we haven't seen each other very often, but I don't feel like we've been completely apart because, you know, it's like running into friends in the grocery store kind of thing in my mind. So Michelle, welcome to Better Family Travel. Uh, Thank you both for having me. And, you know, congratulations on your milestone. That's amazing. And uh, just just so thrilled to talk about travel. It's one of my my favorite joys. So um, yes, we have been friends for a very long time. Um, I was joking because I reached out to her, you know you a while back that it had been ten years since we had dinner, and it was hard to believe it had been ten years. Yeah. <laughs> so yep, I remember um, that. 
Yeah. So, you know, great, uh, great to see this. And I think the tips that you both um, provide for, for families um, and what travel and how it evolves and certainly with COVID, um, it's a great, it's a great topic for people to, to be able to listen to and, and, uh, and take those tips and, and create better travel for their family. Cause it's, it's important. You're building those memories. You're spending a lot of money. You know, why not make it worthwhile? Absolutely. Um, and there's so much in there that we can talk about, but I want to give the our listeners a chance. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and sure. your your family? Sure, sure. So I am a single mom of a 15-year-old boy. Um, just turned 15 this past Sunday. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, he's a, he's a freshman in high school here in, here in Connecticut. I have been in the construction industry for 25 years. Uh, I've worked for, in the steel industry, um, for fabricators and, um, steel erectors. And I also owned my own business for seven years, Lemoy Erectors, closed that in 2016. Um, and since then, I've been working for Shepherd Steel, um, as an operations manager. So I manage about 30 people. And, uh, and recently uh, co-created a new company called Elevate Women in Construction um, with a, a, a colleague of mine. And so we're just getting that off the ground and there'll be more to come with that. But we're, we're super excited. We're hoping to elevate women. Um, there's, uh, you know, one in every 10, one woman out of every 10 men are the statistics in construction. So it's, it's still very untapped market for women. And so we're hoping to provide a platform for women to go to get resources, um, be seen, be heard, um, get some coaching and just have a, a community that they can go to with like-minded people in the industry. Awesome. How, how did you get interested in construction? Oh, that's so funny you ask. Y'all know the Nairobi, right? The Cardi, the Cardi brothers. Uh, so I was their administrative assistant early, early on, right after I graduated. And they used to build their own buildings. And I was the admin and Ron Cardi always acted as the general contractor to their own buildings. And I absolutely loved it. I got the bug. Um, we built the West Warwick showcase. We did Thomasville and Swansea and we did a warehouse expansion. And I thought, geez, I, I could do this all the time. And so a Tenemic rep um, came back a, a, about a year later and said, hey, Berlin Steel and Oxford Mass is looking for a project coordinator. Would you be interested? So absolutely. Um, and got into there. And just uh, my first project was the Big Dig. And that was just so monumental and fun and awesome. I knew nothing about, you know, steel in, in all its specifics, but I had some great mentors and teachers and uh, it just really got the bug for it and have stayed with it ever since. So funny because the, the words in your description is you could easily substitute travel for that too, right? Like I just got, I didn't know, but I was interested and I wanted to learn more and I just started because I just had to start, right? Yeah. And that's all how a lot of, you you could prep all you want, but sometimes it just takes, it's a, a little bit of a passion and getting started is how these things begin, all of these journeys. Absolutely. It's trial and error, right? You know, I look at that, you know, that's a great point. I look at that parallel to my travel experience in my, in my lifetime so far. And there's been some flops <laughs> and there's been some successes and, and, you know, like you say, just not giving up and persevering and, and, and figuring it out and learning new things and 
and just have, you know, building those memories. And that's, that's exactly what I've done in my career. And that, and, and the same applies to travel. I'm watching you talk about this with this huge smile on your face. And I know our listeners can't see your expression, but you clearly have a passion for what you're doing and where you've come from. You know, when I work with my students, a lot of times I ask them questions to get to know who they are better. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I want to know what their goals are in life so I can help them get there. And one of the things that I ask them is what do you want to be when you grow up? And a lot of kids, don't know how to answer that question. Mm. Um, So what I ask them is to think about something that they really enjoy doing, that they would never get bored if they could just do it all the time. What's something you could do all day long and you'd never get bored? And then I say, let's think about how to turn that into a job. And so, you know, enjoying your time spent, whether in work or whether in travel, I think if you center that around what's bringing you joy, what you can do that's challenging, it doesn't always have to be, your career doesn't always have to f- fulfill that joy piece of your life, but something does. And mm-hmm. if it, if not that, then travel, or if not travel, then your leisure hobbies or something. But I really feel like the, the way you're talking for people who do need to work full time, if you can find joy like that, that's valuable. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a great point again, because, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grow, grew up, right? I still say at times I, I want to re, reinvent myself, reimagine what life could be. Um, and that's through conversation, right? I, I had tonight talking to my son after soccer practice said, what brings you joy? Um, he said, travel. And it was before I even mentioned that I was going to be on this tonight. So, you know, and same thing with work, right? It's not always um, rainbows and, and, and roses, right? But you find those parts of it that you love. And if you love to learn, you can take that skill anywhere. If you love to work with people and communicate, you can take that skill anywhere. Um, if you love to travel, you can, there's millions of places you can go and you can, you can figure out what works for you. Uh, so that is, uh, that those are conversations to have with our younger generation. And I love that you do that. I didn't have that. I, I, I didn't know that back then. It was very different. Um, it was, I'm going to get married. I'm going to, you know, supposed to go to college. I supposed to just get a job for money. Um, there was no talk about actually having it be fulfilling. Can you tell me a little bit more about how that conversation went with your son? First of all, why do you think he said travel? Is that uh, an environment that you've built in your household? Were you surprised? And then what were his ideas for travel? I'm curious. Yeah, sure. So, um, so at 15, you know, he's, he doesn't talk as much as he used to. And, uh, and we, and travel of course has been put on hold for the last 18, you know, 18 months um, since we last went someplace. Um, So, you know, he's changed from the, the child he was then to the to the person he is is into as he is now and so I'm always curious I'm always trying to ask him these questions while he's stuck in the car with me on the way back from somewhere and he can't escape <laughs> and uh, and that was one of them we were talking about just things that bring you joy and I said you know you have to focus on those things because there's a lot that's that's challenging right now with remote learning um, just getting back into soccer after 18 months and and so when he said travel I was so proud proud and happy because that means to me, since we, since he's been little, those memory building that, that memory building that we've done every year has paid off. And even when we haven't been able to do that in the last 18 months. She's a true builder, right? Because you can see it's constructing, like constructing the map, <laughs> but there is there, you built the foundation and I can just immediately see the overlap on building these giant, 
you know, steel structures and construction. And unless you have that strong foundation, it doesn't go up overnight, right? Those steel constructions, those buildings, they don't go up overnight. It's a lot of planning and it's a lot where you don't see the foundation, you know, you don't see it for years You or actually for those buildings, you probably don't see it for years because Correct. they take so long. And then it's there and, and going back and, you know, there's false starts and, you know, let's be honest, you know, the contractor didn't come through, things are late, it didn't go, you know, we, my husband's launching a new business right now and nothing's on time and people, you know, nothing's going according to plan, Correct. but you know, I still think it's it's a good thing, but that that is so much of what we do. And it is interesting. I love how we described it, the travel, because, you know, going back to when I said it, I do see your family adventures on, on Facebook and you've taken your son so many places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you and I were, were talking to get ready for this call, I think, I think we talked a little bit about the diversity mindset and how there's so many different points of view. And one of the things Kathleen and I, we, we are going, our families are similar. It's, it's, we're a family of five. So, you know, we, we actually laugh because our, our thing is, you know, the F word, the family of five, because no hotel room is meant for a family of five. Like trying to travel as a family of five is its own nightmare, but what are some strategies, you know, on the road trips? Cause I've seen you take road trips, mm-hmm. you know, when you're the only driver, like how, what are some of those strategies? And as you've embarked on that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, trial and error. Uh, so the first time we, we traveled on the road was to Washington DC and he was nine and that was a six hour, six hour ride. And I knew the longest he'd ever been in the car had been an hour. <laughs> So how are we going to get from point A to point B? Um, And so there was a lot of stops. It took us almost 11 hours to get to Washington, (laughs) D.C. Because we had to stop and we had to walk around and we threw a ball and we got, you know, I packed snacks and and we made, you know, we made it, we made a thing of it. Um, And so then what was interesting is, you know, the following year, um, we did, uh, we did Delaware beach. And so that was, um, not, not as far, but it was a little, you know, towards the ocean. Um, and so, you know, we had to, we had to do two stops. Uh, another time we did outer banks and we stopped, um, I just take the map and on the computer and I plot, you know, four hour stops and we do an overnight in a hotel and we go the next morning and we drive another four hours and then we go to a hotel and he gets to swim in the pool and I get to sit and relax and read and we're good and we're ready to go the next day. So a lot of those times it took us longer to get to our destination and maybe we didn't have as many days at the destination, but it became this sort of adventure getting to the destination and coming home from the destination. Um, and so then as he got older, we just started pushing the limit. Um, and he got into this, I found that he started to reveal that he wanted to get home as fast as I did. And so we were able to we were able to push it for five or seven hours um, in the car. And so, you know, you just, as, as he grew and I grew and we communicated, we just, and, but we built in breaks, right? That's, I can tell you that that was the biggest hack that we were able to just like, this worked for us. Excellent. You talked about how the trip there and back is part of the, the vacation is part of the travel that has come up so many times with so many of our guests. It's so nice that, you know, if you don't overlook the fact that the getting there can be part of the experience for the trip, you can really make a lot. You can, you can get a lot out of it. 
you could do a little bit of sightseeing on the stops or you could just call it the pool and the R&R, mm -hmm. which you might not get as much of the sitting and relaxing if you have a destination with an agenda, right? But I have a memory that I just want to share. When we were young, my parents drove us to Florida from Connecticut to Disney World. And that was a long car ride with three kids. I came from a, a F word family too. And I remember that my mom had packed a bag full of little cheap toys that she had bought and she had wrapped each one. And like every hour she would pan one back and be like something for you to open, something for you to open. And I remember that being just beyond magical, such a like cool idea, such a nice thing. I mean, you could, you could just get a bunch of erasers from the dollar store wrap it up because what kid doesn't love to unwrap things right that could be that could be you could do a guessing game play you could play a word game for 20 minutes mm -hmm. it's a speech pathologist and me talking now you could you could do a semantic category game <laughs> and really drag that out but i think there's a lot of tips that listeners maybe have about how to make the journey part of the vacation so i would love to see some comments on the facebook page about what's your favorite way to make the most out of the travel days you know well and I just, and I, I know this is going to sound maybe a little too philosophical or whatever else, but the, one of the things that I find myself thinking about where I'm at in my life right now, you know, I'm a goal setter. Like I want to get here. I want to get here. And one of the things, you know, is weighing the wanting to get somewhere and setting the goals and taking the time to enjoy where I am right now and the path along the way. And what am I racing for? And now, you know, obviously now I'm talking about life and not just that, but that's, that's any journey. I think we, m most of us, many of us, myself, we're focused on where we want to get. And that, you know, when Michelle's like, no, we take time along the way. You know, I think, I think of that where I'm at my life right now. You know, my kid, my kids, I, you know, I, I wanted to be a lawyer. I, I wanted a family with kids. I didn't really think either of those was going to happen. And they kind of pulled together at the last moment, like that one came together. You know, my parents, like I, I, I told Michelle, my parents did a popover from Cape Cod today, three hours out and just stopped for, you know, an hour and a half at our house. My almost 85 year old father moved a couch uh, into his car by himself and delivered it. So, you know, like that kind of thing. And it's like, what am I going to want to remember years from now when I get to my destination, my whatever this destination is, this is what I'm going to want to remember. And to not be present in the moment, right? And so, you know, the the, the journey of travel, the, the the getting there, you know, whether it's the airplane flight, which the kids think is the best thing ever, like they count the airports, that is all it. And, you know, we get focused on, well, no, we're going to X place. We're going to Washington, D.C. We're going to California. We're going to Disney World. We're going. And to make that time to, to pause and be like, no, this is part of it. I think, you know, Michelle, what you're doing is, is awesome and really just something that I know personally I need to work on a little bit more for both travel and for life. So what are your stay awake strategies for long drives? <laughs> Thank you, Amy. And, you know, it's uh, a good night's sleep. That's part of, you know, that's part of building in those breaks um, and knowing what my limits are. Um, so as I stretched that each vacation, as we went a little further south, a little further south, it was, what do I need, right? That was really important. Um, I can tell you that that wasn't the first couple times we had traveled. Um, I pushed it and I pushed it too much, right? And so that's not, that's not good. That makes me crabby. That makes, you know, the, the, the journey not fun. Uh, so definitely the, the, um, the good night's sleep 
sleep, a lot of drinking of water um, and not necessarily coffee, but water and staying hydrated, uh, snacks, good music for sure. Um, and just, again, uh, those bathroom breaks of getting up, getting active, walking around the car, shaking things out, having conversations with my son, like, what do you see? Look at that. Uh, what do you feel like eating at the next stop? What did you, you know, what'd you see for, for license plates? You know, did you see that? Just knowing your limits that I think that is really the biggest thing. Don't drive 10 hours. If you've never done 10 hours before, start at five and, uh, and take breaks in between. You're not going to get there in five hours. You're going to get there <laughs> in 10 hours and that's okay too. But uh, just, you know, be gentle with yourself if you're setting out for the first couple times. Michelle, when you and I were talking a few weeks ago, you were, you were also telling us or telling me about your trips to Disney and your approach to that. Do you mind sharing that with the listeners? Sure, sure. So um, I grew up with my parents. I, we went to Disney twice. And my parents were the type that we had to get every minute out of the vacation. So that meant up at the crack of dawn and we were watching fireworks at, you know, late into the night and the electrical light parade and, you know, fall into bed, exhausted, wired, crazy meltdowns. And, um, and so the, the times that I took, took my son, I, I didn't want to have that experience. And I know that neither he nor I could do that. Uh, so we, we would do every other day was a pool day or a downtime day. Um, and more importantly for the parks themselves, we would pick the top three rides we wanted to see. And, you know, I get a lot of, um, are you crazy? You just spent all that money on a ticket and you're only going to see three rides in Disney world. Um, and I say, yeah, that's, that's, and if we can do more, we will, but we're going to go in with our top three. And if we get those done, it's been a day of success. And if we can do more great, if not, we're getting our stuffed animal and we're going back and we're, and we're having some downtime. And, um, and so that meant letting go of the expectation that we may not see all of the park or we may not, um, get everything we wanted to get done, but we did get what we needed to get done for us to call it happiness and joy and create those memories and let the rest go. Do you find, I, I think that's amazing because it takes courage to do that, right? Because, you know, vacations aren't cheap and Disney vacations are not cheap. And we, we, we spend, you know, our families, but we put a lot of our resources when we do these into it. And I think it takes courage to say, I'm not going to, you know, get every moment out of it. You know, it's kind of like, a, you know, a value trip, right? Because it's like, if I'm going to spend X on the vacation, well, if it's amount of minutes in the park, it's, it's a, it's a better value if I, you know, get every drop, but it, it really is what's valuable to us. And giving ourselves that permission to say, you know, the top three, if we get to the top three, like the, just the words you used to describe that, that, you know, we're going to pick three, we're going to set those goals. We're going to do those three. When we've achieved that, we've done that. We, we've done what we set out to do. If we want to do more, fine. If not, we give ourselves permission to go back and enjoy ourselves. And I, I, I'm curious, you know, you, you did mention you know, people kind of like, wow, that's, that's, that's not what we'd expect or crazy or whatever you said, but what were your memories, what are like now that those trips are in the past, have you and your son talked about the memories of it? Like, do you have regrets for that? Like if other people are thinking about that, 
what does it look like, you know, going forward a few years? Sure. I, you know, I don't think we have any regrets. Uh, you know, we will talk about those times and he'll say things like, uh, I like roll. I found I liked roller coasters and, and I don't like roller coasters. Right. And so um, I said, oh yeah. And we did a couple of them. Right. And so, you know, to me, it stuck in his mind that 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 was a win for him and he loved it. And that was his memory. Um, you know, his favorite stuffed animal. I remember when I got this stuffed animal, do you remember that mom? I do. What were we doing? We were on the monorail and remember the picture we took and, you know, he'll say things like that. And, and to me, then that really, would he have, did he remember standing in line? Would he ever, you know, that to me was better than, gosh, we were in line all day long. It was hot. He was crying, having a meltdown. I'm angry, frustrated, right? That to me was not, was, would not be a good vacation. Um, I don't hear any of that coming from him years, years later. I hear the feedback that, you know, the, he, the memories he had was, was good. And I think that lends to why today he says, you know, I, you know, joy, I'm joyful because of travel or I, you know, travel brings me joy. Um, then, you know, I must've done something right, but you're right. It, it was not easy because, you know, go rewind 10 years prior. And I wanted, I was that parent that wanted to make sure that you know, I gave him every opportunity and we participated and we're going to do it. And whether he's crying or not, we're going to have a good time. We're going to put our smiles on. And man, that did not work out well. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, it was, it was so much more enjoyable. I mean, I just can remember. And for me too, like I remember those days, I remember sitting and having lunch in an air conditioned place. Cause it was so hot outside. I remember getting a popsicle and just sitting on a bench and one of the characters came and one of my pictures on the, on is, is him hugging Chip and Dale. And, and cause they just came to us, we were sitting there. And so, you know, we both have that picture in our, in each of our bedrooms. Nice. Do you have that same approach like to daily living, like the less is more, so to speak, like for activities? Because I find it so hard, right? Especially like what you just said, you know, we want to give our kids everything. And there's a podcast that I love called, called it's Paula Pant, Can Afford Anything. And what she says, you know, you can afford anything, but you can't afford everything. So life is a trade-off, like saying, and this is her words, not mine, you know, saying yes to one thing, you know, implicitly means you've got to say no to other things. And, but getting comfortable with that, understanding that every yes is also opportunities that you have to say no to, is really hard to get comfortable, especially when you're in the mindset of, I want to give my kids everything. Time feels limited. I, I feel like sometimes maybe we feel like there's this pressure for college or did we, did we do everything we could to set them off right? Because we know life can be hard. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm curious, you know, how do you approach like day-to-day -day living? Yeah, it's, you know, it's a practice for sure. Um, I can tell you, you know, Leo, we have the same conversation when it comes to sports, right? He, we pick one sport. Um, because we know that just in everything that we do in our lives, we have to have downtime. He and I require downtime. So he prefers to play rec because he wants to just play play and have fun with his friends, right? Uh, but he wants to play against other towns, but he doesn't want there to be all that stress and pressure. Um, so for him, what, what did that look? You know, we have to ask, what does that look like? Well, for him, that looked like rec because it was practice 
and a game on Saturday. We weren't getting up and being the family that was up at 5 a.m. and being at a travel soccer 200 miles away. That didn't work for us. Um, he wouldn't be getting up. I'd be upset. I was paying too much money. And, you know, the team members would be mad because he wasn't showing up. Right. So like, you know, so I, I will say it's easier to co-create that with him than it is for me to co-create that with myself. Right. So I, <laughs> I, I am not always following through on that. I don't take as good care of myself at times as I do when it comes to him. Um, that's easy for me. That's how I'm wired. But uh, I can tell you, you know, even this morning, there's a training for my new business and I have to really sit with that because my, my propensity is to say, yes, I'm going to do it because it's going to help me and I want to do it, blah, blah, blah. But I also know, how am I going to do that when I'm already signed up to three other classes and I won't have any time and that means no downtime. So no, you're not signing up for that class. But it takes pausing and being mindful and checking out as to what really works for us. Yeah. You know, before, before the pandemic, right? Cause that's how life is now. Was it before the pandemic during or after, but before the pandemic, I, I was getting to that point. One of the things that I had just in the last, maybe, I don't even think it was a year because the kids had started doing activities, you know, Wade and I were both working out of the house. So, you know, it is that get up, go, both mom and dad get to jobs, get home, get dinner, get to activities. And, you know, with three kids in the mix, we're already out, we're outnumbered, we're, we're outnumbered. So like, how do you get three kids to, when there's only two of you? But one of the things that I had started doing was I started guarding our Sundays and, you know, we, we don't, we don't go anywhere. We're not, we're not, you know, we stay home on Sunday. So it's not, it wasn't a religious thing. Not that there's but I just would guard it. And I was always one, like, if someone said, can you do it? My, my inclination is yes. Before I even finish hearing what it is, I want to say yes. But it is, so it was extra hard because I would have Sunday completely open, but I had that just booked for downtime. And I, I had gotten to the point where I, I wouldn't book it. I would say, oh, I'm sorry, we're busy. I would only do things like I would, I would fill Saturday to the brim. Like Saturday was shot, right? Or, or vice versa, or whatever day it was, but I would give us one weekend day where I, you know, I wouldn't schedule anything. And like, it was funny because uh, Kathleen and her family live across the street and sometimes we would end up getting together, but it was always spur of the moment things. It wouldn't be planned. It wouldn't be like, it would be like, yeah, we feel like getting together. Let's let the kids get together and play. So we would do that. It wasn't like we were like shunning the world, but we carved out a time to be spontaneous and allow us to say yes to what we wanted to in that moment, what we truly felt like saying yes to right then and there, because we, you know, we have to plan so far into the future. Like we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing that. Oh, wow. It's a beautiful day. You want to go for a hike? I can't because like three weeks ago I said yes to something else. And now I can't because, but that's really what I want to do is, or, you know, do you want, do you want to sit in the backyard and do nothing? Yes, I really do want to do that. You're so right. The freedom that we gained from slowing down allowed us to start saying yes to small pieces at a time. It was like a fresh start. It was a do-over. We got hurry sickness. You know, you guys have heard that term before, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm, I'm particularly addicted to hurry sickness. Like I need to be go, 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 or I'm not sure what to do with myself. And I, this was like a forced hit the brakes and reevaluate how we're spending our time. And I'm really proud of how our family 
made it through. But interestingly, now that things are starting to pick up a little bit, there have been some decision-making moments that have been quite difficult. Today was one of them, actually. Um, we have a running club in town that my family has done for many years, and it started today. And we told our kids, you know, we'd really like to do this, and we got big no's from them. No, no, no. I think part of it, too, is they're so used to being able to come home and just play all afternoon that, like, an activity is a little overwhelming, particularly for one of my kids. So it's like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to go do anything. And then, so as, as the adults who had a busy day at work, we had planned what we were going to do instead today. We weren't going to go do this activity. I had my heart set on it. I had a very stressful day. I really needed to do my training run that's on my schedule that I'm looking at right over there. And I knew I needed it for my mental health. So I was kind of relying on it. So when I came home and my son said, my friend is going to be in running club and I think I want to do it now. It was like, oh no, he needs social time. It's really important. They've been missing that big time. So I want to say, yes, this is a physical activity really important and something that follows my hobby passion. So I definitely want my kids to get into running. This was like a big yes, but I had that. Okay. Well, how do I cancel what I wanted to do? And I called my husband and he was like, you know, well, I won't be home until this time. And I had instantly, instantly was thrown back into that panicky. Do we have enough time? Can we squeeze it all in? Can we go without registering? How many phone calls do I have to make to make this happen? And I just, my husband and I just stopped for like, okay, <laughs> hold on. What's the worst thing that could happen if we say, you can't make that last minute decision today. Life doesn't work that way. We can go next week. And if you still really want to go next week, then you really want to do this activity. If you can use that patience and delayed gratification, you know, I'm thinking in my head, like, how can I turn this into something that convinces me that saying no is the right thing to do? But I... That's not me. I normally would have made this happen. Amy knows. Like I would have made that happen. And it would have been at the expense of my own needs. We all would have been stressed out. I would have done a lot of that, like hurry, 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 where the kids would get. That was not the right choice. And I I have the power now from more practice and more, I don't know, about, maybe not practice. I know what it looks like to wait a little longer. I know what it looks like to say no. In fact, I said no to us, uh, our second trip too, Amy. Amy, we had booked a hotel vacation because I thought I was ready to go. I got vaccinated. I was like ready to go travel, told the kids about it. We canceled it the first time because of the pandemic last April. And then I thought I was ready. And then I had a panic attack. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm not ready. So I had to tell the kids no to that too. And they handled it so well, their coping skills are different. My coping skills are different. I I really feel like I don't want to lose this valuable. Take a moment to be in the space, Amy says, right? The space between the moments. The moment was a new decision was made and the action is going to be a week from now. We're going to take this space to experience and process and appreciate that we all did the right thing for ourselves. That's hard to do, but it's it's good. And it's really hard to, you know, to, to choose ourselves over what thinking or choosing our kids, right? You know, the whole put your oxygen mask on first is like, it's almost farcical at this point, you know, the put your oxygen, but it's true. It's like true. you, there's nothing left to give. And, you know, you were talking earlier in that about that run and that need for that run. And so not only, you know, is it saying, yes to the running to going to the running club 
and no to your, you had to say no to your training run probably, or not any quality training run that you really wanted to do. So it, it was not going to be the same run. And, you know, I feel like it's just so hard to choose what's good for us too, and say, that's okay too. Like I, I'm one of, I'm one of the family. I, I get to pick my things sometimes too. I don't know. What do you think? How do you put your oxygen mask on first, Michelle, when you travel with your son? How do you, I mean, do you, I mean, I know you said that's hard for you too, but I'm, I'm sure that you must. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, I'll, t I'll just share, you know, the, my, our first trip together, we flew to Florida. We stayed in, in the same, it's funny. We stayed in the same room. So two queen beds in the same room. So like you're saying, not, they don't make hotel rooms for a family of five. Well, <laughs> Myself and my son, who at the time needed to be in bed by 7.30, uh, I don't want to go to sleep at 7.30. And so so the first, you know, we went and I made sure, you know, we we're gluten and dairy free. And so I made sure he had food. I made sure he had apple juice. I made sure he went to the pool. I, there was all these things I kept making sure he was okay, but I was not paying attention whether or not I was okay. And I had a miserable time. And we got home and, and a friend said, um, how was your trip? And I said, I, I don't know. I just, it was really awful. I, <laughs> I said, Leo had a great time, but I, I don't know. I was, I, you know, we were in the same room and I, I had to go to bed when he went to bed and that was just bizarre. And, and, and they said, well, why didn't you just like get a place where you could have separate bedrooms? And I was like, I, I don't know. And they said, why didn't you stop and get yourself a water? I don't, I don't know. Um, and it was so, it seems so um, aha moment. But at the time when I was going through it, I had no, I, I had no idea. I could not see that in front of me. Um, and so we really, um, the next time we traveled, I said, uh, we're going to stay in like timeshares. We're going to, we're going to get in and we're going to start having a kitchen because we're gluten and dairy free and there's not a lot of options out there and I don't want to get sick. So, you know, so what we have to cook our food. Um, that's not why I'm going away is so I can eat out every night. I'm going away because I want to get away. Um, and so I started, you know, started making a list of those things that were really important to me that were non-negotiables. And then we made sure we hit those and then everything else was okay. We didn't have to plan everything else, but we had to plan that we had food, that we had separate bedrooms so I could stay up and he could go to bed. Space and, is important. Right? Space is important. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. and I started bringing books and I started learning to say to Leo, um, you're going to go watch your show or you're going to go have your quiet time and mom's going to go in here and I'm going to have my quiet time and we'll meet back here in an hour um, and started doing that. And then holy shift, um, <laughs> we started doing, um, having great times together and then we could come back together and there was space and, and wow, what a, what a, what a crazy thing. And now we won't travel any differently ever again. <laughs> Thinking outside the hotel is a huge tip from every family traveler that we've spoken to this entire experience, episode 17, you are now the 17th person to tell it. us when, if you're traveling with a family, really, really look for a verbo, a house, a you know, a space with a kitchen, at the very least, a hotel or a motel that allows you to have two connected rooms. Traveling with a family, please prioritize space because that's putting your oxygen mask on first. Even the kids need their own space. They need you to not be on top of them the whole time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the the single room is one night 
maybe two nights at most. But after that, when it's, I don't even think it's the size, you know, like obviously when you have to stick the cot in the room and Michelle grew up in, in the F word family, like, cause I know she's a family of five, but regardless of it, it's, I think sometimes it's just either the generational or just needing a little space because, you know, Honestly, even when my husband and I go away, we're I'm a morning person and he stays up late at night. And if we were stuck for a, a week in the room together, like that's not the best, you know, somebody somebody's off their 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 filter. Two nights together without the kids, that's not bad. We can handle that. I really <laughs> that would be really nice. Um, but yeah, I, I just think one room for, which is, uh, uh, God, how much is that just a uh, product of our culture, right? When you think of, like, you know, different cultures where, like, the whole family, like, lives in the hut together. We're like, you can't do that. But I know. So, I know. I feel like all of a sudden I'm like, what a, God, I must sound like a jerk, but it's true. We got here. I know. <laughs> I really shouldn't chat, but it is. I mean, it, you do invest so much in this time and that really is giving yourself the permission to not be cheap on that, that part. If, if, if you if, can, if you can afford it, right. like it, it might sound like what, you know, much like we've heard people say, like, don't take the 5am flight. If you can, if you can give yourself, give yourself the permission to spend a little bit extra, if you can all do it. I mean, I do that. I've never done a lap baby either. I could have, but we've flown and I'm like, I'm not holding my child for five hours. Just, I know. So unless <laughs> I can get a seat for the baby, they, you know, then we're not traveling, you know? So that's where my line has been, but yeah. Hey, Michelle, I'm really curious, you know, you have such a great mindset for these things. Is this something, is this something that you practice? Is this something that you come by naturally? Do, do you, re what are some of your inspirations for how you, these strategies that you have employed? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's an evolution of self. I really do. Um, what's worked and not worked for me and just, Really, um, the mindset is I, I want to I want to live the best version of me and that I can. Um, and, and I want to extend that to every person I come in contact with. And so if I can if I can keep that um, that mindset of how how do I do that? How am I showing up and and what does that look like for me? Um, because if I if I do that for me, then it's going to have a direct effect on the people around me that interact with me. And, uh, and so my inspiration is, is nature. It's, it's people connecting with, with people. I absolutely love that. If you can't tell. And, um, and, and just, uh, and just life in general, just stopping and, and, and gratitude, right? I keep a daily gratitude journal. Um, so I list every morning, the five things I'm grateful for. Um, when I go to bed at night, I, I at least think of one thing that went well, um, today and, and just, you know, put that into my heart for the day. And, uh, it doesn't always work. Believe me, I have very stressful days. My, uh, it, it, but I do the best that I can with that because I know when I pay attention to that, it works. It works. That's awesome. I, I want to leave some time to talk about your business before we wrap up. Cause I'm really curious about it, but one of the last topics, because we haven't had many people on, you know, traveling with the teenager and the teenage years, you know, and I know that he he's come into that during the pandemic, but 
how has the, the your expectation from when they were little of what it looked like versus where you are now, like what words of wisdom or what's it like? <laughs> help. <laughs> well, Ours are uh, it's funny. Up. We need your help. <laughs> so we, so we have family friends that live in Florida and, um, we have been trying to get down there for the last like six months, you know, trying to think of times because, because in my mind, I'm like, we, we can totally do the drive um, because it's just another leg that we would have to add beyond, you know, the farthest we've gone is South Carolina. Um, and he is like, oh, oh, heck no, I'm not being stuck in a car with you for three days. I'm so that shows you where we've evolved to. Um, but he says that laughingly. Um, and so now he wants to fly. And, uh, and so I'm, we're, I'm not sure how that's going to work because with COVID and I'm vaccinated, but he is not. So we'll, we'll have to see. Um, but again, I, I go back and I think, Hmm, okay. So clearly I need to, you know, and I like that word, uh, co-create, I've got to sit down with him and co-create what, what does traveling with mom as a teenager look like? And if that does mean having to travel in a plane, then, we may have to figure out how to, you know, how to do that. And when do we do that? And, and then when we get there, um, you know, how much time does he need? I think that's been pretty consistent. His downtime has certainly increased more because he's a teenager than before. Um, so I want to be really recognizing his space need for space. Um, and balance that with my need to connect with him that he, you know, he's not, he's still, that we still need to, to work on those memory, that memory building um, to get us through the next couple of years. Um, because I, you know, I do hear that it gets a little tougher, um, but then they come back after, you know, they're 20 or whatever. Uh, he better, I'm just saying. And uh, so I, I do think it's a trial and error and it's patience, right? Patience and listening. He's very good at calling me out when I get wound up in my thing and he'll be like, well, I just want you. Oh, Okay. I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Um, and that's a huge, that's a huge, um, practice for me as he gets older and he starts to, um, pull away, right. And that, how do I still stay connected with him with, but allow him his independence. And so I'm looking forward to it. I, I, it'll be interesting to see what this next travel adventure is for us. It's funny. Have you heard this, um, parenting is more like being a gardener than a carpenter. And I know you're in construction, but I also have seen your gardening, you know, <laughs> and, and it is, you know, that, that, get, you know, you, you, you try to give the right, you know, environment and the right, you know, nutrition and try to keep the bad stuff away, but it's going to, your garden's going to grow into what your garden's going to want to be. And you, you, you can't build it, you know, it's going to grow on its own. You just do as best to give it, you know, and I think your children are the same way. As much as we want to construct and erect and build, we just can't, <laughs> you That's know? Right. Yeah. And there's some of that, you know, letting like, letting go of expectation, right? Let, you know, knowing that things are not going to go the way that you think they are and, and planning for, you know, not planning for that, but, but sort of knowing that that's going to, that's going to come up the potential for that to come up and how are you going to, and, uh, and it's, and it's an adventure, right? It, it is absolutely an adventure. What's starting to really take me up is how quickly time's going by, because I, I, I don't know why I, I maybe I'm just silly or stupid or I don't know, but, um, 
like, you know, my son William's nine going on 10. And it's like, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, we're like the halfway point to 18, right? He's at the, we're moving into that. But it's not like I have this kid until he's 18. And I know that sounds ridiculous that in my mind it was that kid and I'd have the same kid till 18. But much like the kid today is not the kid I had, you know, nine years ago, it is not the same person. And, uh, you know, those things like where they say, like, if you could go back and, you know, meet anyone in the past or see somebody from your past, who would it be? And honestly, my answer is I'd love to visit my kids, like visit my kids when they were like three and four or two and three. And just like, cause there's so many details already. I've forgotten, you know, I, I've just forgotten that. I would love to just revisit that for a little bit and, and feel it. And, but that same thing, like, you know, he's 15 and, is that, that do you feel that like I don't know I, I'm looking for guidance like ah. I, I totally I totally do I my our, our admin at work today I said to her this weekend I said to Leo oh my gosh we need to pull out your baby books I've never shown you all of the pictures I've taken of you and uh, and you know I said to him oh I remember you know there was a memory of when he was like three. And I, and I said it to him and he goes, really, I did that. And I said, oh yeah. And you used to, the, the trains, the Thomas, the trains, you would, you know, you would line them up and, and, and like, you just said, that is absolutely perfect. If I could go back and visit that without the being the single mom, without <laughs> the trying to have to deal with everything with it, right. All of the life stuff that was going on and just be present again, knowing what I know now at 15, I would totally do that and try to relive those memories because they go, they do go by all of a sudden so fast. And it never seemed that way when I was in the weeds back then. Right. Yeah. Well, I can pretend to put myself in that situation 10 years from now and can close my eyes and try to imagine who I will, who I am and who my children might be and call up that feeling of wanting to go back. And when I open my eyes, I'm here. I'm there right now, right? So if I can remember what you guys are saying, be present right now when you can. Life is life is busy and it throws at us a lot of distractions that can make being present very difficult. So being kind to yourself too about the ability to once in a while pull together the resources you need to to be fully present, even if you can do it a little bit. That's good. <laughs> and just to loop it back to what Michelle was talking about earlier with those trips to Disney, when you, when you, you know, those do three things, give yourself time at the pool, you know, you're, you're calling it downtime and it is, but in the downtime, you're also, I would think far more present in the moment than the rushing around. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I look at Leo now and, uh, you know, he'll say things and I, I absolutely try to savor every single minute um, just because, you know, that he'll say something funny or um, I'll witness how he is with his friends or, and I think, gosh, he's got such a great sense of self, you know, and he's, oh, you know, turning into a, a, a decent human being with a kind heart. And, you know, remember all of that, because when he is not being like that, uh, <laughs> you know, it helps. It helps. Because then I say, oh, no, remember when you said you loved his heart and this is just temporary <laughs> and, and we get through it. Um, but but it's totally about being present and, and vacation, I believe 
Um, vacation was a great way for us to, to, to take out the noise of being in work, to take out the noise of all the things we had to do because you couldn't do, there's, there's nothing to do when you're on vacation, but enjoy vacation um, and enjoy one another and, and just find those times, like you said, in, in, and you can do it now, right? In the backyard, you said it earlier on tonight, um, you know, just hang out in the backyard for a hike. Um, there's all those opportunities that you can very easily create those memories in small things too. Yeah, absolutely. I, Michelle, I really have enjoyed talking with you and catching up with you. Um, but one of the other things I really do want to make time for is this new business venture that you're doing, because it sounds really exciting. Do you have a few moments to just tell us about what you're working on? Sure, sure. So thank you. I, um, so this, this other woman and I, um, I actually met her at a job site two years ago downtown here in Connecticut. Um, and she was working for the general contractor that, that we were working for. Um, and I would come into the trailer every day and she's just a lovely young woman um, very, very smart, uh, had a math engineering degree and, um, and just, you know, a, a really good person. And I would come in and she just looked so unhappy. And there were days that I would come into the job trailer and I was clearly unhappy. And so I would try to come in and smiles and, you know, Hey, Sam, how's it going today? And, um, I'll be honest, there were days that she said, you know, geez, I was, I, I cry every day when I leave here. Um, and we were, we were only, uh, one of three females on a job site of probably, uh, a couple hundred people and they were all male. And so, you know, me being later in my career, I, I think I show up differently because I've been through a lot more and I've learned tricks and, and, and things to, to survive, you know, I say survive, unfortunately, um, and so um, I lost touch with her. And then we were on a Zoom call for the uh, professional women in construction. And I saw her name on the Zoom and she chatted and she sent me a private chat. She said, oh my God, is that you? And I said, oh my God, how have you been? Because it's been almost a year. And um, she said, oh, I'm not with, I'm not with so-and-so anymore. I'm with a new company. And I said, oh my gosh, we've, we've got it. I would love to connect. And she said, I would, I would too. And so we set up a Zoom and we started talking and she said, I, I feel like I'm all alone. I end up being the only female on a job site or I end up the only female on a, on, in my office and I've got no one to talk to. There's, there's no role models. There's, there's nobody to, to, to just bounce ideas off of. If, if a guy is giving me a hard time, like I've got no one to go in and say, what should I do? How should I handle this? And I said, wow, that's, you know, that's been my entire, my entire career. And so we started uh, saying, well, what if we created a community? Uh, what does that look like? And so we started shooting, you know, play on words and came up with this Elevate Women in Construction. And she had a graphic designer come up with um, some, some, you know, um, logos and, and they were so amazing. I said, oh my gosh. And then we started saying, well, you know, who would we invite? Who would we serve? And, and what does that look like? And um, and so, well, it could be anybody, it could be anybody from a tradeswoman that's an electrician, a plumber, a, a welder, um, all the way up to owners of a construction company, which I, I was. And I know how isolating that was, even being a female owner in construction, being taken seriously. And so we have, um, it's been about a month and a half now, we meet every other Saturday 
and we have a list of to-dos to get this thing up and running. And our first um, to-do is a focus group in two weeks, and we've invited 20 women to a Zoom call um, to answer about 20 questions um, that will hopefully help shape this new um, collaborative space. That's fantastic. That's so exciting. That really, if, if people want to learn more, you know, if, if listening to this, if they want to learn more about you, where, where can they find more information about you or reach out to you? So certainly uh, my cell phone is, um, I can, I can give you that. I, my email certainly as well. Um, and they can text an email and uh, at some point we'll have a website up and running and a Facebook um, page. Uh, as we grow, as we grow this, but, uh, yeah, you, you let me know what, what, uh, if people reach out, we will definitely put them in private contact with you so that that's great. And, uh, when you do have your, your website and if you want to share it, we'll be happy to put it on our page too. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. We're hoping, um, that any women that we can give a voice to and, uh, give them a safe space to, to talk and have, and find resources that can help them. Um, that's, that's what we're looking to do. The the feminist in me and the leader in me and the mother of a daughter in me is so pleased to hear this. Mm. I love that there's still fire out there for communities of women to provide leadership and mentoring and support training. It's, it's so wonderful to know that these things are still out there and that they'll be available for our daughters as they grow up. It sounds to me like this is a need in the industry that is unfilled. And I anticipate you will be very, very successful mm-hmm. and very busy, very mm-hmm. quick. We Thank cannot hear, cannot, we cannot wait to hear about the future of this. Good Thank for you. you. Thank yeah. you. And, you know, one last parting thing on that is, you know, think about what we want to be when we grow up. Um, I never, ever saw a role model of a woman in construction, right? I fell into construction. Um, and so the goal would really be um, to, to, have, to have role models out there so that young women who are great in math and science and engineering um, that want to build um, can be like, it's doable. I can be that person. And, uh, and how great would that be? I work at a STEM school. I need to put you in touch with my colleagues. We had, we just did a unit with the second graders with interviews about different industries in STEM. You guys should be there. We would love to do that. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, That, thank you. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. It's, uh, it's just, like I said, just starting to get off the ground and it's, it's the more people I talk to about the more, um, the reception is very, very positive. So thank you. That's awesome. We wish you all the best. Thank you. Uh, Kathleen, do you have a better family travel tip for our listeners? Did I talk about the paddleboarding excursion yet? Did I talk mm-hmm. about that last time? I don't think you did. No. I don't think I did either. Because I was trying not to give away the secret because it was a birthday gift for my husband. We are trying to travel little travels. And I'm trying to give ideas about you know your backyard, hikes, things that we can do. Different outdoor organizations, retail, and other types of outdoor gear places like REI, um, L.L. Bean does outdoor excursions. They're not terribly expensive, but you can go kayaking. You can go hiking. Some of them will take you climbing. We are going paddleboarding. They give you all the gear. 
They give you the training. Your whole family can go. Uh, the youngest age is eight. So we just met the cutoff with my youngest. And all five of us are going as a family to learn how and to paddleboard for an hour and a half close to home, which is going to open up that, you know, just get started thing. It's going to open up that as an activity possibility for us because we'll know what to expect. We'll have done it once with some help and then we can kind of go out and do it on our own. So I want to encourage people to look at your local outdoor gear shops and organizations just to see if they've got a guided excursion for something you've never done. I want to teach my kids how to do stuff like this, but I don't know how either. So if I learn while they learn, we all get to do it together. Awesome. That's my tip. <laughs> there we go. Well, on that note, I hope everyone has a great night and it was wonderful talking to you guys. Thank you. you. Thanks again, thank Michelle. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I would like to thank you for joining us on Better Family Travel and being part of the CMG Podcast Network. You can find us at clovercrossmedia.com and make sure to visit our website at betterfamilytravel.com. For the latest tips, trends, stories, and adventures that meet your family's needs, and make sure you follow us on social media at Better Family Travel. For Better Family Travel, I'm Amy. I'm Kathleen. Happy travels.